this special episode of the Superhouse Podcast. This was an interview I did at the Vigamus Museum in Rome, Italy. It is, I think, the second video game museum in Europe after one in Berlin. And we sat down and interviewed Guillermo, who works at the museum. He has a bit of an accent, so try to pay attention as close as possible. But he had a lot of good things to say, and it was a cool... It was an interesting to get some insight on how the Italians view gaming and how different it is and what the gaming industry is like over there. And also he talked about the Vigamus Programming School, which is a school attached to the museum where they teach people how to make games. So anyway, let's get started. Okay, I want to thank you for letting us do this, man. This is awesome. What was your name again? Uh, Guglielmo. I think it's a bit tricky, but it's, it's the Italian for William. So William, okay, yeah. So, but you can call me Guglielmo. Guglielmo? <laughs> yes, Guglielmo. It, that's, that's it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> and uh, what do you do here at, is it pronounced Vigamus? Vigamus, yes, okay. exactly. Um, I'm uh, one of the founding members of the Vigamus Foundation, which is the um, entity that uh, rules the museum and uh, informs its contents. Okay, and how long has the museum been open? Uh, the museum was opened uh, in uh, 2012, in October, and so it's uh, four years uh, since uh, its inception. Okay, and who's the guy that started it, or the woman? Um, the museum was started by Marco Accordi Ricas uh, and Raul Carboni. And Marco Accordi Ricas is uh, uh, the director, and uh, he worked uh, um, in the, for 15 years in the uh, editorial uh, sector. So okay. he worked for a lot of important magazines like uh, uh, the Italian edition of Edge. And, uh, okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And he's also um, a teacher in the university. So it's a museum with a cultural background. Right. And the museum also has a school as well? Yeah. Um, the foundation has opened um, an academic project, which is called Vigamus Academy. Uh, which has the same mission of the museum, so to make people aware of the cultural uh, um, substrate of video games and uh, its, uh, its power of a storytelling medium. And have video games always been a pretty big thing, like since the 70s in Italy, or did it um, kind of start a little bit later than other places? Or? Well, in Italy everything always came uh, a little bit later, so as for the internet, as for, for the new media, uh, but uh, uh, it was um, strong in Italy uh, also from the beginning, so like uh, we had video games uh, even if a bit later, uh, but in the 70s, uh, so we had the, the craziness of the first games. Uh, Marco uh, remembers when the, uh, he played the Space Invaders as a kid uh, in the bar, so we had, uh, Italy had uh, a strong uh, um, um, arcade scene, so you went to the bar, to the restaurant, and you uh, played a lot of games like Pong. And uh, I think that uh, uh, as uh, a consumer uh, market uh, is very strong. We play a lot of football games, as you can imagine, okay. because football is, uh, right. is uh, quite big in Italy. And as for the productions, we are still a blossoming industry. So uh, like in these uh, years, we are seeing a rise in the number of products developed in Italy. Okay. That's something I wanted to ask you about, actually. You know, in America, first-person shooters are really popular, but they're not that popular in Japan. I was wondering, how was it in Italy and, and Europe in general, as far as like what genre is the most popular? Yes, 
I think we, um, we reflect uh, the tastes of the American public. So uh, first passion shooters are quite big in, also in Italy. Uh, we, uh, the, the charts of the, of, um, of the sales always have at the top not just football games but also Call of Duty and so we, the shooter is pretty big. We had also an e-sport blossoming industry. There is the Italian association for e-sports, Jack it's called, and we play a lot of FPS. I remember since the time of Counter-Strike, Quake. So we have a strong, also the first event, video game event in Italy were driven by e-sports. I remember the uh, the glorious uh, SMAU, which, uh, which took uh, place in Milan. Uh, you had uh, quick tournaments, a lot of players. Uh, so we are we're really strong on the competitive side and FPS. Okay. And what's, what's your favorite game or series or genre? Well, um, I, I love Nintendo games. Okay. So I started with uh, Game Boy in the, in the first uh, years of the 90s. So I love the Game Boy. It's, uh, uh, but uh, uh, so Mario. Zelda and um, the rare games of the past, like Banjo Kazooie, were still my favorite games. Lately, I fall in love with uh, uh, Telltale games like uh, The Walking Dead, the, the Wolf Among Us, and uh, I we are actually playing Final Fantasy XV, like okay. in this year. So okay. um, I love RPG and uh, Nintendo games. That's interesting because. What I heard anyway was that the NES actually wasn't as popular as the Sega Master System at the time in Europe, whereas in America it was the opposite. The NES was number one and Sega was number two. Do you remember it being that way? Or? Uh, well, um, I remember seeing, seeing a lot of people playing also Mega Drive. In, right, okay. uh, Sonic was big also in Italy. It's fun because uh, uh, a trash Italian comic is called Jerry Cala. It's a weird guy. He, he promoted uh, uh, Sonic in Italy, so it's a kind of meme in Italy with uh, had this strange guy who talked about Sonic uh, and uh, it's uh, one uh, of the folklore of Italy. So, so, so Sonic was a little bit more popular than Mario for a while? For a while, yes, I suppose so. Mario is always a, a big name, it's, uh, so it's also Italian, so people, it's obvious that people in Italy catch it up uh, a lot with Mario. Uh, but Sonic, for a while, was on television. Uh, it's, uh, it was uh, pop really popular. I remember when I was a kid, going uh, to my friend's house, he had Sonic. Uh, we spent a lot of time. Uh, we, it was a difficult game so <laughs> for when I was a little guy. So, okay. so I think it was uh, really popular, Sonic. Okay, cool. And do you do any programming yourself? Um, actually, I'm not a programmer. Okay. Um, I have uh, participated in uh, Global Game Jam. Uh, and Ludum there, so, but uh, I'm more on the artistic uh, side. I try to make uh, pixel art and, uh, okay. and vector art, so more uh, end game design, so uh, more on the artistic part and the programming side. Okay, and do you, does the school do the artistic side as well, or just a programming part? Um, the school is, uh, uh, provides the students a vast and diverse background of uh, skills. So you, have, uh, uh, you can have uh, a strong set of skills in different areas. So you have the programming, you have a programming course, art direction course, but also a storytelling course and a more marketing related course. So the student which uh, came out of the Vigamos Academy has 
a vast uh, background so he can choose later uh, what he wants to become. A lot of students uh, have discovered what they want uh, to do inside the university years. So there is uh, someone who decided, oh, I want to be a journalist. But then uh, he tries this uh, career and he doesn't like it. So, oh, okay, I can try to become a game designer. So you, uh, the, the Vigamos Academy gives you the tools, uh, a lot of tools, and you can decide what's sweet uh, what, uh, uh, best for you. And this is the first uh, video game museum in all of Europe, right? Uh, no, uh, there was uh, mm, uh, the Berlin Museum, Computer oh. Spiel Museum. It's uh, very different uh, from us. It, uh, it's uh, a very important institution in Berlin, and it was opened uh, a lot a uh, year before us. And uh, uh, we are also good friends with uh, uh, the director of the Computer Spiel Museum. Uh, it's called Andreas Lang. And we also have a federation uh, called FGAMP, uh, which reunites all the museum and uh, preservation projects in, in Europe. So uh, the museum, were, there are two museums in Europe, and uh, we are connected, uh, trying to make a new project together to preserve games. Okay. Uh, our museum is different because uh, they are more on the academic side, so we have uh, a cultural course that starts from uh, uh, Wizinga, Homo Ludens, uh, and uh, these theories. Uh, we are more on the pop culture side, so we make a lot, a lot of connections with uh, what uh, resonates best with people. So people come here and see, oh, I had the Commodore. So you see the Commodore, you remember when you were a kid. We are more on the pop side, and culture, Computer Spiel Museum is more on the cultural uh, side of uh, video game preservation. Okay, and your first system personally was the Game Boy? Uh, yes, the Game Boy. Okay. Uh, it's strange because I had the first the Game Boy and then the NES, but... <laughs> right. I love the Game Boy because so you, I, I can go to school uh, and play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you have the link cable? Yeah. The Game Boys? Yeah, I remember yeah. playing Tetris. Uh, yeah. There was still uh, later where it was Pokemon. So oh, right. I traded Pokemon with uh, right. my uh, friends. <laughs> Did, uh, so recently uh, Assassin's Creed has become so huge and it's basically put Italy on the map as far as gaming is concerned. Do you think that Italian gaming in general is going to come up because of that series, like the rest of the Italian gaming industry? I think that uh, uh, it can definitely help. Um, uh, Italy is big in, the, in video games really, because of, uh, after Assassin's Creed, uh, a lot of developers started loving uh, this country. And uh, for example, Final Fantasy XV that I'm playing now, it has a, a lot of influences from the Italian uh, background the monuments. Uh, it's uh, one of the levels is set in, in something in a fantasy version of Venice. Okay. So uh, I think that uh, all Japanese people love the Italy. So we have a lot of <laughs> lot of games uh, with stereotypes from Italian culture, and it can definitely definitely help. Uh, we are still very young. We are a, a consumer. Uh, as a consumer, we have a strong market. As a developer, is still uh, a baby. So, okay. uh, but. Uh, Something is moving because uh, ISV, which is the Italian uh, uh, Video Game Association for developers uh, and the publisher, 
um, as, um, uh, created a report that uh, represented uh, two days ago, and uh, after uh, um, uh, research, they discovered that uh, there are uh, 120 studios in Italy. Uh, uh, there is a very diverse range of um, uh, studios, video game studios in Italy. Uh, we have uh, big studios like Milestone, which is uh, the biggest Italian developers uh, that create uh, racing games, uh, a simulation. They are sold all over the world. There are medium uh, developers and there are also small developers, like one or two developers. So uh, if you um, if you think that Italy is not good at making games, you are probably wrong because uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's starting. It's, uh, yeah. it's, uh, it's a misconception that we are not making games. We are already making games. Some are, some are, um, are also big. Uh, for example, I think uh, Santa Ragioni right. is by making uh, a game about uh, the, the Appian Way. So it's, uh, it's based in the 70s. It's uh, narrative games where you are uh, bored on the on a car, uh, you, uh, it's an on-the-road uh, version of the Italian uh, 70s. Okay, and uh, do you think, you mentioned the Japanese people love Italy, do you think that Italians also share a kind of uh, love for, for Japanese culture? Oh, of course, yeah. um, especially in the uh, latest years, a lot of people have started um, love in Japan because uh, uh, the Japanese uh, products are easier to reach uh, thanks to the internet. So we have a lot of people who uh, watch anime. Uh, um, anime was uh, big in Italy even in the in the 90s because it was a, a broadcast uh, broadcasting broadcasting network called NTV, uh -huh. which uh, broadcasted Evangelion, Good uh, uh, Teacher, Onizuka, and so we have uh, we were already in love with. Uh, uh, Japanese culture, and but now the publisher are publishing games, uh, Japanese games, in Italy. We are localizing uh, Italian um, Japanese games in Italian. So we have, for example, Persona Five, uh, which is coming the next year. So people are playing Japanese games, which celebrate Japanese games. And for example, we have uh, um, a comics convention in Italy, which is called Romix here in Rome, and the Luca Luca Comics and Games, where big. Uh, uh, were enormous actually, uh, with uh, thousands uh, of uh, uh, hundreds of um, visitors every year. They cosplay a lot of Japanese characters, so you see uh, cosplayers dressed as uh, Kingdom Hearts characters, right. uh, Evangelion characters, Final Fantasy characters. So we are in love with Japanese culture, of course. Cool. Do you think that um, you know there's a Japanese way of making video games? It seems like, and there's a probably an American way. Do you think that Italy itself with Assassin's Creed and all that, like there's something uniquely Italian about the way that they're made or the way that you play them? Do you think there's any kind of uh, influence like that? Mm, I think we have a, a peculiar way of making games because of course uh, the, the tools are, are not uh, um, as rich as American uh, developers. We are uh, more uh, poorer. <laughs> yeah, this Assassin's is Creed looks really triple A, a triple A title. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, I was talking about the games we make in Italy. Oh, okay, okay. And so uh, we, um, I think that uh, 
we have more uh, storytelling uh, um, uh, based experiences uh, where more Italy is very strong on the uh, the artistic part of a game so uh, where our games are less uh, strong on the technical and mechanic side but we compense we compensate uh, with making interesting stories and characters one on the one of the most uh, interesting experiments in this field was uh, Nero Nero is a game created by Storm in a teacup which is a, a medium sized uh, um, developer based in Rome they, they make the, a game like uh, Journey, but uh, I, think it's, uh, uh, I think it's better than Journey, okay. even if I love Journey, because it's a game where you are live, uh, um, it's an avatar-like world, and you live the, uh, a story which is a very moving story, where there is, uh, it's very cool correctly, there is um, a story of, of loss and uh, um, um, on the loss of a uh, dear person. Uh, so uh, you live this, this story, uh, the games tell the story through its environments and it's you, you get a lot of tears. Okay. <laughs> yeah, All it's right. a, a really, really moving game. So I think we are strong. As we like, we make uh, uh, movies that are really uh, emotional, uh, we are also make games that uh, uh, talk to your heart rather than to your hands uh, in the okay. joystick. Just to check, is it still red? It's red, right? It's red. It's still going? Okay, good. Just want to check it. Sure. Yeah, all right, just. <laughs> you want to you wanna, you wanna change the angle? No. No? Okay. No. We just don't, we don't have enough cameras. Okay. We, yeah, it's fine. Still looks good? Mm -hmm. All right, so, sorry about that. <laughs> no worries. Don't want to lose anything. Hey, yeah. I think it's. It wasn't red like a one minute. Uh huh. Because I just look at my phone like yeah. one minute and then it wasn't red. Yeah, it goes red something. It turns off sometimes. Oh, okay. So. You want to talk about. Um, when did it go off? It's like one minute other. Because I, was, I wasn't on the phone like that long. Oh, okay. Um, what were we talking about? Uh, the Italian video games. Yeah. Um, can you just go over that one more time? Sure, it's sure. Just, uh, maybe if you, if you repeat the, repeat the, the answer, I so I will, I will understand better. Okay, no problem. Got red. it? It's red? All right. <laughs> the mic is green? Green. Okay, all right. Okay. So you know how there's like a there's a Japanese way of making video games. It seems like there's an American way. Do you think that there's a kind of Italian way, something that's uniquely Italian when a, when you make a video game, or even how a video game plays when you're playing it? Yeah. So um, it's a still a blossoming industry. So uh, we are not defined our peculiar way of making video games. Uh, but of course, uh, we have. Uh, uh, less uh, uh, economical uh, tools uh, than uh, American and Japanese uh, developers. So we need to uh, be smart. It's, uh, in Italy we, are, we, are, uh, we have a history of being uh, smart rather than uh, uh, work hard. We prefer to think and be uh, um, uh, smart guys and <laughs> work a lot. So, so uh, in video games this uh, can be reflected in the, 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 the story itself. Uh, the, the games 
we are really good at making emotional video games, games that talk to, to your heart. And uh, this is really interesting because, uh, of course, we, we, ca we are not still able to make a Call of Duty games uh, with local explosions, uh, uh, mechanics, dynamics, uh, uh, cutscenes, and uh, Hollywood-style uh, moments. But uh, we compensate creating games that are deep and meaningful. I think one of uh, the best examples in this uh, field is called Nero. Nero is a game made by Storm in a Teacup, which is a medium-sized uh, a development team based in Rome. Uh, this is like Journey, but I think it is still better than uh, Journey because it, it uh, tells the story of uh, uh, of loss and uh, of it's a sad, really sad story. I, I won't spoil it for you okay. because uh, it's, uh, it has a, a really intriguing plot twist. But it's uh, a game with uh, deep meanings and uh, also sad moments, very uh, very sad moments. And uh, I think that. Uh, the best example of what we can tell uh, with a uh, video game. So uh, I think that the next years uh, we'll see a lot of experience uh, rather than uh, um, FPS or RPG. It's more about uh, uh, creating stories, creating uh, compelling characters, and creating something that can make uh, people sad or make them cry, uh, make them laugh. It's, uh, it's uh, all about emotion. Like in the Italian movie, we, we don't make uh, superhero movies uh, yeah, but we make uh, uh, movies about uh, uh, families, uh, about uh, breakups, uh, romances. So I think we can, we definitely have a potential with the video games. What system is that game on? Uh, it's uh, on PC okay. and Xbox One. Okay, cool, awesome. So a little like this way so that a little face to camera but um you guys talk to each other like this feel. okay so that we can see the face a little more yeah good yes good okay red and green red and green okay cool all right so is it mainly italians that come to the school or is it people from all over Europe, or how, how, is it, how does the school work? Um, for now, it's, uh, um, it's more Italian students. So it's, uh, uh, our campaign, our marketing campaign was based in, uh, in, in Italy. In, uh, it's more territorial. Um, but we have uh, a lot of connections with the uh, worldwide industry. So when uh, uh, the students uh, um, complete uh, their, their um, academic career, they can get uh, an internship in uh, important uh, international studios like Valhalla Games of Tomonobu Itagaki, uh, Milestone, uh, and, um, and we also have some students which talk English and they are from uh, other countries, but uh, it's more Italian at the moment. But of course we would like to export our model in other countries and, uh, and, develop, uh, and develop it further. But uh, for now, it's uh, more Italian. 
but we have uh, an international scope thanks to the the, the, uh, the teachers are a lot of, of English teachers, Japanese teachers, uh, Suda51, the creator of Killer is Dead, is one of, of, the, uh, of the teachers and uh, uh, also we have uh, Crytek uh, teachers and mentors, uh, so it's, uh, it has, uh, we, we had a special lesson uh, with Marty O'Donnell, which is the composer of, of Hello, and um, it's uh, Italian, but it, uh, it has uh, a worldwide uh, character. Courses are taught in English. Uh, the course is in Italian, okay. but uh, when uh, the uh, special guests, uh, special uh, teachers uh, come to visit uh, our uh, academy, is uh, this the courses are in English. Okay, and Suda Fifty One is teaching here full time. Uh, it has um, um, some lessons uh, through throughout uh, here, and uh, where uh, uh, some he uh, can come or we can have a Skype call. Uh, okay where he teaches, uh, he introduces us to the, his, um, his background on, uh, and he, he explains to the students uh, how a game is made, how he made, uh, makes his games in uh, his peculiar way of creating. Uh, it's uh, very really interesting and uh, uh, deep uh, uh, teachings uh, because uh, you, you, are, you as an Italian student get the opportunity to learn for the big, from the, from the masters and I think that uh, uh, that's uh, the, the best thing about the, the Gamos Academy. But uh, you don't learn from someone who, who doesn't know anything but just teaches, but you learn from someone who uh, already knows how to make video games and is important and uh, can be an inspiration for the students. And, uh, all right. Uh, I always thought that Suda51 was kind of like the Tarantino of video games. He kind of like a little, little bit crazy. Yeah, that's, uh, it's nice because uh, we shoot a documentary about uh, Japanese gaming and we call the Tarant uh, we call it Suda51 the Tarantino of video games. And you did too? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I guess think everybody thinks that. Yeah, I think it's a, a very, um, very fit uh, description of its games and uh, it's uh, really the best. It's, uh, yeah. it's, uh, we invited him uh, here in Italy uh, we went uh, to uh, Italian Fraschette, which is uh, the uh, Italian restaurants, uh, typical restaurants, and uh, he ate a lot of carbonara. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's a lovely guy. Yeah. He, we are totally in love with him. He's a, okay. I think he's a genius, actually. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Just a few more. Yeah, I guess just maybe just two more. Um. Do you, uh, so, oh no, actually, what was, the guy that started this whole thing, he was just a gamer his whole life and he, he just wanted to start, just to start a museum here in Italy or? Well, um, Marco, which is the director, um, is born uh, along the video games because uh, uh, he, he was born in the, in the 70s mm -hmm. so when the video game craze began he was already he, he lived the hit he was struck uh, by the power of video games when he was uh, a, a little child 
So he was uh, um, a gamer since uh, his uh, first years, and then he landed in the editorial uh, um, sector of gaming. So uh, he worked uh, on very important uh, magazines. He, uh, he was in the golden age of the video game magazines. Actually, video game magazines are having a bit of a crisis. So, but uh, yeah. late uh, back in the in the 90s and uh, the first. Uh, uh, 2000, uh, it was very, bi uh, very big. It was a lot of magazine, very rich magazine. So I think uh, um, it was uh, a natural evolution to start. Uh, he started uh, talking about video games, and then he decided to create a place where gamers uh, c could meet. Uh, we call Vigamos the house of video gamers because uh, uh, it's the place where every kind of gamer can uh, uh, gather and uh, have, um, have fun uh, and uh, I can uh, enjoy and uh, meet other persons. So it's, uh, um, it was uh, really important to open a museum in Italy because we had to make sure that uh, uh, the institutions uh, recognize the cultural importance of video games. So it's, uh, it was a really strategic uh, uh, decision to open a museum uh, for us because uh, it opened to us a lot of possibilities but uh, of course uh, being just an editorial publisher wasn't uh, uh, sufficient. And uh, inside the Vigamos uh, we want to celebrate the, uh, the, the present uh, but also the future of video games. So we are always a step ahead. We are, um, uh, we are not just preserving uh, uh, the past of video games, but we are also um, promoting the future of video games. So you can see we have the uh, virtual reality room, the Oculus Rift room, uh, where we have uh, the CV1 uh, version, the latest version. We, we had uh, evolved the, the, the room uh, as the new uh, headset came out. So it was uh, really big. We had a lot of people who came into the museum to try the new virtual reality. We are, were always a step ahead. We had the first developer kit from Oculus, we had the second developer kit, and now we had the consumer version. So I think that uh, the museum was born with the intent of celebrating games. Okay, okay. Um, so uh, Marco decided to open the museum uh, to present the future of game also. So we uh, opened the Oculus Rift room and since the very first uh, developer kit of Oculus, we gave the visitors the possibility to enter virtual reality. So we had the first prototype, prototype the really first prototype of Oculus, which was really simple. It was, uh, uh, it was just already mind-blowing, but it was a beginning. So we had the, the uh, DK2, which was the second iteration of the Oculus Rift. And now we have the uh, CV1, which is the latest Oculus Rift, the one which is uh, in the shops, and uh, is mind-blowing. The, the visitors came uh, come to our museum, they try Oculus Rift, and they finally have uh, the feeling of entering a new world. Uh, Oculus Rift changes the rules of uh, video game making. You are not uh, uh, confined anymore to a screen. You are inside the game and you live uh, an experience with a power that was uh, unparalleled. Um, you can cut this? Sorry, because, uh, unparalleled. Unparalleled, yes. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit difficult. It's, uh, 
uh, we have this is uh, an experience uh, that it's completely astonishing and mind-blowing okay cool and was gaming like really not cool for a while and now it is cool it's kind of sort of where it's where it is in America where in the 90s and 80s if you talked about it, it you just you you probably shouldn't talk about it because it was so uncool but now it, everybody does it it's just not really uh, something to worry about is it kind of the same in Italy well, um, in Italy, um, gaming was for nerds, <laughs> of oh, course. Yeah. It's yeah. still for nerds, but uh, uh, thanks uh, to, uh, I think also Vigamus helped uh, making it uh, more popular. Uh, with, uh, now, video game uh, used to be um, a solitary uh, passion, uh, but uh, in, uh, back in the 90s, you had uh, one or two guys playing uh, in a room uh, with uh, uh, a console. But now, video game is uh, a phenomenon. Uh, everyone wants to play video game, as in it's uh, really popular. And um, I think that one of the, um, the turning points was the, um, the, um, uh, the, the fact that video games entered popular culture. Uh, for example, Big Bang Theory. It was uh, uh, people who didn't play video games saw Big Bang Theory and they started playing video games, interesting uh, uh, video games. And I think that uh, uh, now video games is popular, it's cool. In the, in, for example, the events happened a lot because cosplay, uh, conventions uh, uh, gather the people and uh, make them uh, celebrate their passion uh, with a lot of our person. So now, back in the 90s, it was for nerds, but now it's for all. Okay. Did you have EGM, the magazine, e Electronic Gaming Monthly? Yeah. That was my favorite growing up, mm. before the internet. No, it's, okay. it was not localized in Italy. Oh, so. okay. Um, that, was, that was a pretty big one. Um, but anyway, so last question. Do you have any, uh, anything to say for people that either want to come to the school or come visit the museum? Anything you'd like to say to the people out there? Of course. I think that uh, if you come in Rome, uh, visiting Vigamos is an obligatory stop because uh, it's a fun place where you get to relive your past, your memories, and it's also very near to St. Peter Capitals, uh, Cathedral. So it's, uh, it's really simple. You come. Uh, uh, we are in the center of Rome, so it's really easy to reach and it's fun. You, you get, uh, I, th I don't think there are other places where you can uh, pay a ticket and pay everything you want for all the day. So it's, uh, you're, if you want to come, you are welcome here, you feel like home. And as for Vigamus Academy, I think it's, uh, it's uh, very, very interesting because it's, uh, uh, it's unique. We are, we are not the first uh, video game university in the, wor in the world, of course, but our model is very different from uh, others because uh, it gives you all the, the, uh, a very vast toolkit of, uh, of, um, of things that you can help, uh, uh, that you can have to uh, enter uh, the video game industry. So uh, I think that uh, in the next years, Wigamos uh, Academy will have a lot of people uh, coming out of the of the university, has started working. We already have a lot of people who have uh, got a job after uh, f attending Vigamos Academy. So, if you want to be a developer, if you want to be a journalist, if you want to be uh, um, a marketing guy, I think that Vigamos Academy can help you a lot. Great, that's it. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And that was Guillermo from the Vigamos Museum in Rome.
I'd like everybody to go check it out. Please search for Vigamus. Go to the Vigamus website. There'll be links in the description. Also, there is a video that we did for this where you can see the video segment of this interview. It's a little bit shorter. The podcast is a, little, is a longer version, but you get to see some other things as well. And um, anyway, go check it out. It's on the Superhouse YouTube page. And um, that's basically it. So we will check you later. This is Stefan from the Superhouse Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Patreon, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and any other godforsaken social media outlet that we that we should be floating on. We are basically on all social media. <laughs> yeah, all social media. Mainly Facebook and Twitter and Patreon. Check out the links in the description. We have uh, a lot of uh, cool goals uh, set up on our Patreon. And that's pretty tight. <laughs> That's the coolest thing. <laughs> Wait, we're on the internet? That's pretty good. If you and don- we can make money. <laughs> what? <laughs> if you donate $1,000, you get full frontal nudes. We haven't set that up, but it's a possibility. If you give us a grant, who knows what will happen. Check us out. <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> you get to go on a date with one of us for $10,000. <laughs> but you pay for everything. <laughs> <laughs> you get to have your way with Maddie for $20,000. For $30,000, we'll help you hide a body. Check out our Patreon. (laughs) Superhouse Gigolo Project 2017. (laughs) Links in the description. (laughs)